reach inside yourself, go inwards before you go outwards, you know, and, and speak to people who you think are being genuine to you and um you know and stick stick to the stick to what you feel in your gut. Because if you don't, then bad things will happen. Um, and we all experience that when you go against what you you feel is uh, is right. So I'd say stick to stick to what the the voice inside saying. What is up, guys? You're listening to the EDM podcast with me. Sam Natler, and in this episode, episode 37, I talked to Stephen Kirkwood. He's a producer, DJ, and entrepreneur from Scotland. Stephen's had releases on labels like Spinning Records, Mark Sherry's Outburst Records imprint, Black Horror Recordings, and many others. But he's also the founder of Escapade Studios, a state-of-the-art studio in Scotland which offers music production, training, along with many other services. Stephen Galoni, who's the operations manager, at Escapade Studios also chimes in during this interview so you're getting two guests for the price of one. We talk about a range of things including Stephen's latest gig at Amnesia Ibiza and how he landed it, advice for musicians struggling to get past creative blocks, Escapade Studios, what it is and why it was founded, the biggest problems producers face, why mindset is crucial regardless of what you're trying to do and much more. It's a really cool episode. I had a bunch of fun talking to these guys. Check out their stuff and I hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM podcast today. I'm with Stephen Kirkwood. Stephen, how's it going? I'm very, very well. How are you, Sam? I'm doing well. Well, indeed. Uh, so you just got back from Ibiza. You played Amnesia. How was that? Um, you know, it was absolutely, it was absolutely crazy. It's uh, It's been one of those ones I've been uh, dreaming about for, for many, many years. So, you know, I'm pinching myself when I, when I think about it. Um, so I mean, it was absolutely amazing. I get back just over two weeks ago. So um, yeah, back to reality, I guess. Yeah, and how did all that come about? How did you manage to to land that? Um, I think um, well, for me, it was about the relationship with um, uh, Trans Nation and, and Cream that I that I developed when I was out there playing in uh, Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a great set time, and uh, I was playing a lot of my own music and stuff. And um, there was a good crowd there, and. Um, Nick from Cream was there, yep. and I really, really had to off with Nick, and um, we got talking. We ended up out that night partying in Amsterdam, and I uh, just had a bit of a a night of it. And um, ever since then, we've stayed in touch. And uh, you know, he messaged me out of the blue, you know, randomly. Um, Would you like to come over and, and play uh, Ibiza Rocks, which was um, it's a quite a popular hotel um, in Ibiza. So I played that last year, 
Um, and then, you know, stayed in touch. I sent him a little Christmas present as well, just to be nice, because it's, it's, uh, it's always good to be nice. And, um, course, yeah. you know, the opportunity came up again um, this year and says, look, I've got, a, I've got a special set lined up for you. And um, naturally, I just jumped at it and I took it and the rest is history. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. But that's it in a nutshell. That's fantastic. And, you know, you do, you do a bunch of things. And I want to start with that. Uh, other than being a producer, DJ, what do you actually do and how do you fit it all in? Um, I mean, it is quite hard actually to describe exactly what it is um, <laughs> I'm doing at the moment. I've always been, you know, up to all sorts. Um, mm. I'm actually a, a tradesman, I'm a joiner, a, a carpenter. Yeah. Uh, I got an apprenticeship doing that when I was uh, kind of just leaving school. But I was always um, organising events and running small businesses and, you know, car washing, paper rounds and stuff, um, selling CDs and selling stuff. So I've always been up to all sorts of different um, things. And I guess when I was younger, there was like loads of seeds dropping to what I'd be doing uh, now, which is, you know, business, music, running events, um, running a studio with the fantastic team here mm. and uh, producing music. So it's just loads of different jobs all mashed into the one and um you know I'm, I'm in the studio pretty much you know 15 16 hours a day wow. it's uh, 11 p.m here just now and we'll probably be in here till about one half past one um i tend to work on music at night time and uh the day-to-day stuff like uh, the admin the social media the the workshops the teaching yeah all of that, that, all of that happens during the day uh, or that's how we try and do it. Sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't work with that at all. Um, and structure just goes right out of the window. But you know, um, that's business for you sometimes. So it's it's absolutely crazy, and there's a lot, definitely a lot of stuff happening. But it's enjoyable. Well, that's it. You know, it all comes back to that. And the reason I'm in the studio for so long every single day is because you know I couldn't be doing anything else. Mm. It's very very enjoyable and. For anyone who's listening, you know, that's probably the most, that's probably the key thing if you go and embark on any journey. It's like, you have to enjoy it because it just takes, it just takes an insane amount of hours, you wouldn't believe it, to make mm. anything happen or create something from nothing. So you better, you better as well enjoy it or uh, you'll definitely not be doing it. Yeah, I saw a video with uh, you and your partner, Stephen, who's, who's there as well. Uh, and you talked about exactly that. You know, you need, you need the passion. Um, yep. I want to jump into Escapade Studios for a moment. What do what does that involve, and what is your vision for that? Well, Escapade Studios. Um, it started out as um, me moving out of my um, bedroom a few years back um, into um, what I felt I needed, which, which was a more professional studio space to just work mm-hmm. on music and music only. So I moved out um, of the the bedroom into a very very small room. And uh, which was great for six months, you know, me and my friends and we were up to all sorts of times and, and having a, a really, really good time. But one one day I walked in and it was absolutely flooded. Um, the roof that the, the, the building was in um, was really, really bad. It was an oh, old wow. asbestos roof. And uh, I knew it was, a, it, was a, it was like a ticking time bomb, you know. Um, so one day I went in, it was totally flooded up to my ankles. The equipment was like barely saved. And I thought, I have to get out of here uh, really, really fast. So mm-hmm. um got out of there and out of, out of necessity, I, I took a massive leap of faith and um, took over a, an old radio station. Okay, yeah. So 
the studio we find ourselves in now is actually an old radio station, which I actually done a show on. Um, so we took the risk and from there, um, uh, I brought on second phase, Stuart McClellan. Um, he was needing our studio room, so he came on the venture with me. And shortly after that, uh, Stephen Galoni, who is uh, the operations manager down here, he jumped on. He was loving uh, the creativity at night time. And um, actually, Stephen, do you want to come in and explain this little bit? Stephen's here, so I might as well. Yeah, course, well, yeah. well um, yeah, I mean, I've been good friends with Stephen for a long time now, so uh, we just naturally gelled together. Uh, always loved his music, always tried to help in any way I could, even though I'm not really from a musical background, but I've always liked singing and trying to give any ideas that I can. Mm. Uh, and I found myself in the old studio, the one that got flooded, you know, we painted that place, we we got couches, everything, we, we, we were there for the whole journey. And yeah. um, it just, it just kind of happened that I was working in a full-time job, like many people, was feeling pretty unfulfilled felt I had a lot more to give and uh, we were sitting late nights with a whiteboard out and the, the pens and pads trying to figure out what direction we could go in terms of uh, bringing me on full-time. Mm. Stephen was already full-time making music, so um, we just decided like I was going to try and deal with studio bookings and private tuition yeah. clients. Yeah, um, And that's really how I made the leap and I left my job a couple of weeks after. Um which was good fun, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's I mean that's how Stephen came on board, really, pretty pretty much, and um, you know it was really about what service can we provide um, in this new space, and and I was already doing some tuition and uh, teaching and stuff, so I thought Stephen, you come on board, manage that side of the business, and we'll see where it goes, and and I was already brewing up the name Escapade for a few months. Mm -hmm. um, I was getting logos designed and branding and stuff. I was kind of like laying the foundations for it if you like um Stephen uh, seen that opportunity jumped on it and then you know a year a year and a half later that's what we're here now you know and it's it's properly developed and we're properly going out there and 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 really helping and uh really changing education as far as we're concerned because we're, we're bringing a whole new type of mindset uh, to education through so, creativity. So, sorry to interrupt what would that mindset be can you elaborate on that um, the mindset, the mindset. But, but I mean, believing in what you do. It's, yeah, I think everyone's got a purpose in life, and um, society these days is very. It's very hard to. It's very easy to get distracted through material things, or yes, yeah, you know, get absolutely distracted from you know what's pure in life, and everyone's got a calling. So, um, I think in mainstream education, it's um. It's, it's squeezed out of you um, oh, yeah. quite easily um, because, you know, in school they're there to create people that, you know, not necessarily want to go out there and question absolutely everything they're being taught. You know, they're, they're, mm. they're, they're, um, it's just the way it's been set up. It's the post-industrial revolution, you know, and I mm. think um, especially in Britain, post-industrial area, so there's quite a negative mindset which we feel holds a lot of people back and, um, you know, people have got a special gift locked away in there, and uh, we've been fortunate um, to be put in a position, or to put ourselves in a position now that we can actually, you know, try and light the fire beneath uh, the young people and, and and older people alike. You know, certainly in this country, you know. Yeah, I love that, and and so looking. I know this is a hard question, uh, but looking 
five years into the future, where do you both see Escapade going? Um, well, we're a year in, so a year and a half in, I'd say. Um, and uh, educational, educationally, you know, we're we're striding forward there. We're, the programs have been really well received. We, we met the leader of the leader of Scotland and Nicola yeah, I saw Sturge. that. That was awesome. We had a great conversation with her. Um, uh, she was really impressed with what we were doing and, and how we were accessing young people and how we were really, you know, allowing uh, allowing um, a, a proper education to get in there through opening the gates through creativity, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, the educational side of Escapade is going really well and I fully expect that to be, you know, I'd like to see that national over the next few years because we know, see the work, the work's been amazing locally. So if something works locally, I'd like to think uh, it would work nationally. So educational wise, I think that's the the, the direction for that. Um, Me and Stephen will both tell you that we absolutely love media and uh, doing daft videos and, you know, (laughs) not taking ourselves too seriously. I saw the, uh, I saw the roadworks one the other day. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of that? I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> Roadworks, and, and it's like you don't see many um, music producers or you know uh, different people in the industry really doing a lot of different things and mm. I just think they're holding themselves back because there's just this pressure you know this pressure to conform and, and do a certain thing a certain way but for us we, we're surrounded in just chaos all the time so we don't really let anything like that affect us we just if we find something funny then We'll try to try and get it on video, and um, you know, if we want to move into a certain area of business or music, then that, that's exactly what's happening. Does it ever get too overwhelming, though? Like, do you take on too much? Absolutely. Um, there's been times where I've had to knock stuff back, stuff that sounded amazing, like great, great ideas. I think that's an, an important lesson as well. It's um, certainly for somebody like me because I like to say yes to quite a lot of things and. Mm. Actually, it's an art and being able to say no to good things in order to uh, create great things. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's something I've had to experience myself. I've had to learn from my mistakes as well. You know, you can't just take on the whole world at the one time. You've got to, you can only actually do, you know, pretty much one thing at a time, you know. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah. Awesome. Uh one thing that you both seem passionate about is, is local community. You know, you've talked about that a lot. Uh, and I think it's easy to kind of ignore that in today's age, especially with the internet and being able to reach such a global audience, which is great. Uh, yeah. But do you think there should be more of a focus on community in other countries? And also, why why do you focus so much on your local community? Um, act locally, think globally. Is the, the the motto that really drives mm-hmm. the stake of intent for us locally? I, I like believe, that. yeah. Um, because we can only act locally when it comes to physical teaching and mm-hmm. uh, access and schools and stuff, just because of logistics and stuff like that. So, if we can make a difference locally, get a system that really works, then that's where we can potentially, you know, help out in other countries or. Mm. help out in other places through tried and tested methods that, that we've developed um, I think it's something that should be that probably is happening across the globe so it'll be a collective thing um, you know people care nowadays no, gone are the days of you know harsh advertising and stuff like yeah, that and, yeah. um, people actually care now if, if there's a product online you can quickly go and see whether or not that's been received well through 
you know, like uh, like TripAdvisor or, you know, you're on eBay with the comments. It's like there's no hiding anymore. So you've got to have that Mm -hmm. sense of community. You've got to have that sense of, you know, people actually care uh, about stuff. So we've got to try and instill that locally in in our kind of community, really. I I think also it's... um if you can't get the the local community behind what you're doing, you're you're going to struggle to have an even larger impact on the scale that we would like to see Escapade go to. As it just kind of referring back to your old question, so you know, getting the local community together, putting on something that's different, and providing a platform, something we wish we had growing up, um, is is our main driver. When you when you see. Uh, the faces light up of the young people or people coming out of their shells or achieving goals through us being able to help them on a local level, being to the school, you know, 10 minutes away from the Mm -hmm. studio here in the same area where some of these students are coming is worth more than absolutely, you know, anything for us to see that. So having that impact like that is going to allow us to have it in a bigger way down the line. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I love that. I love that. So... Stephen Kirkwood, uh, you've recently put out a remix of Human Resource, uh, Dominator, which is a a classic tune. Uh, Tell us a bit about that. How did that come about? Um quite an interesting one it's quite an iconic track actually it's an iconic um, dance music track one mm, mm. absolutely huge from the 90s so I've known about the track for years and there's been some amazing remixes from the likes of um, good friend Will Atkinson and uh, David Forbes you know so I've known of the track and it's been it's it's quite up my my street as well because I quite like the you know techno vibe and, and groove as well as the melody so um, I was talking to um, Ram R.A.M. He's a good friend of mine and I've done some stuff uh, for his label uh, before. And we got got onto the subject of uh, the old um, Black Hole Recordings uh, back catalogue. So we're talking away about it and like they've got some un- unbelievable tracks. Obviously, the whole Tiesto back catalogs on Black Hole, mm. some great techie stuff from like, uh, Reward and you know um, Human Resource. Obviously, there's a, there's one that was on Black Hole as well. Um, some older Sander Van Dorn stuff as well, actually. Uh, so so there's loads of different great tracks on the Black Hole uh, back catalog and uh, the Dominator one came up just as a favourite and we were discussing it and. Um, Ram just came away one day with an email and says, look, do you fancy doing this? I think it would really work in both uh, both styles. And uh, I just I just grabbed it and uh, we both of us done a, a remix and uh, and that was it. And I got the chance to play it actually uh, in Cream Amnesia like oh, awesome. not a, a week after I'd finished it. So it was a it was a good um a good venue to to try it out, you know. And what was the production process like for that? Any challenges? Um the challenges were to to make it sound this is the, the thing about remixing big big tracks it's like some tracks you just can't touch you know because mm, mm. um, they're so iconic and I felt like that sometimes with uh, Dominator but um, and sometimes you know you've got to really push through when you're in the the, the the process you've got to really have that mental game that mental mental battle that you, you have when you're um, creating um, mm. music so I mean I was I was thinking sometimes you know this track's so huge that you know this hopefully this lives up to the you know it lives up to the the hype you know uh, 
does a ju- does the original justice, sorry. Um, but other than that, it kind of came together quite well. Um, I managed to put a really dark kind of techno stamp on it, mm. and um, you know, and it sounded great when I played it out in the sets, you know. So um, the process was pretty streamlined. It was pretty good. Um, it came together uh, reasonably, reasonably quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I-, I want you to talk about the mental battle that you you touched upon because. A lot of producers, uh, and I get emails all the time from people who who will give up, or that, well, they get into music because they enjoy making music, which is understandable, but eventually they get to a point where they just keep starting new projects and not finishing them because they reach this point in a project where it stops becoming that enjoyable or it becomes difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, sure. What advice would you give to those people to overcome that kind of hurdle or, or that point in the track where it starts becoming hard? Um, you know, first thing that comes to mind is just how exactly you're, you're like uh, building the ideas. When, I, when I'm working with some people, like they'll build a few ideas and then they'll try and arrange the track. And then when they think about it, they've only got like maybe three or four elements and they've tried to arrange the track at the wrong time and then they end up losing a bit of steam because they're trying to piece a bit of a bass line in or they're, they're going back to the melody. Or um, So what I think works for me anyway, I can only really speak for what works for me in, in sure. the studio, sure. is, is um, building like um, the busiest part of the track first before even looking at the arrangement. Sounds very simple, but for me, if you've got all the elements, like all of the bones, so I'm talking, you've got a solid kick drum, you've got your sub bass nailed in, you know what your bass line's doing um, for the driving part, you know what it might be doing if it's moving. You've got your melodies down, your structure. Um, you've got your hi-hats, everything's sitting really nice, sitting nice and tight. When it's at that point, I'm already, I'm already I've already built the arrangement in my mind, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So when it actually comes to the arrangement, I already know and I'm, I'm much quicker at arranging because I've, I've built it in my mind. So it's like, to come back to the mind game, if you can really practice that method, I think that's the method I try and use and it does work most of the time. It's like um, build it in your mind first hmm. before um, it's actually there, uh, before you actually arrange it. Because I think people just trip up when they try and arrange things and they've not actually got the picture. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably what I'd say to that. That certainly helps me there. Um build as much of it as you can in your mind first and then when you actually physically do the work it falls into place and what about for people who who struggle to come up with ideas in the first place um what advice would you give to them um well they've got a question what they're doing firstly because they've got if they've got if they've came to produce music in the first place then they've surely had ideas at one point mm. other their ideas are stimulated from other music they can you know, listen to other types of music you know, I like to listen to some classical piano or, uh, you know, some like uh, ballads from the 90s and stuff just to take my mind right out of it, just to get some new ideas. So if, you know, that can stimulate ideas or hearing like a, a sample from something brings new ideas. Going for a walk into like a, a natural habitat uh, for me is huge for ideas. And, and that's because, again, it comes back to that connection Again, if you're sitting in front of laptops and staring at a grid or staring at numbers or faders or whatever, then sometimes that's not where your mind feels most relaxed. So it's a little walk yeah, sometimes yeah. for um, for ideas. If you're really, really struggling for ideas, I'd say get out and, and go for a walk. 
with your your students and the people you teach what are some of the most common issues or problems they come across um i think it's probably the same kind of problems i came across a few years ago which was comparing tracks to like your favorite ones production quality wise and just knowing that there was something missing um and then i think getting you've got to have the under uh, the mindset that it is all a process and you've got to enjoy the process uh you know an expert knowledge of you know a spectrum analyzer and where everything fits in the mix doesn't come from like two two years or three years you know producing music it comes from like you know fourteen thousand plus hours of you know mm. uh, self doubt it comes from all of these uh, actual negative things that can come out at the other end and and you know you become tougher through it because of the process but the key thing is just not to stop the process because when you stop that's it it's over but if you continually if you continually keep pushing and, and actually fight through the self-doubt and you know different kind of emotions like that um you end up coming out the other end and, and you've actually crafted something you've and you've you've mastered a skill you know you've got to push through the the four five six year apprenticeship um before you hit you know the, the mastery stage and i think that's um that's an important thing i think that's crucial especially because uh a lot of people and you've probably noticed this i think you've, you might have touched on it at one point but a lot of young people especially want the instant gratification and yeah. they want to be a good musician good producer good i don't know graphic designer uh quickly within mm-hmm. weeks or months but that's not how it works Absolutely, I think it's really important. It is very important. Um, instant gratification is a big thing um, right now, and Instagram mm-hmm. and all of these like polished celebrities that you see for for young people coming up at the age of like twelve, thirteen, glued oh, to yeah. iPhones and iPads. It's like they're watching the wrong stuff, and they're and they're being yeah. corrupted by you know what's out there, you know, and um, you know when really you know life's very different from what you're seeing on on uh, social media so that's again that's why we're involved in workshops that's why we're involved in education because there's so much more to this mm-hmm. so much more to it um, and we feel we're gonna we're obliged to try and do our bit to try and help and educate on the likes of social media and like instant gratification and like you know like how to actually create a business and how to actually follow your passion and do something um, so it goes it goes beyond just music of course it does. That's why we're involved in these areas as well. You know, that's kind of answers the whole question as to why we're involved in education. It's because it's, you know, music might be the vessel or the vehicle, but it goes so much deeper than that. Um, you know, it's, it's a deeper mindset issue. Yeah, absolutely. So how how do you kind of intertwine that stuff? You know, talking about the the dangers of instant gratification. How do you entwine that into your business, into your education? Well, we've got, um, so we've got like what we do is music production, tuition, it's a uh, DJ performance, it's uh, involved with that, it's obviously heavily about social media, it's about uh, web presence, it's about SEO, um, uh, mindset as well, so in the, in, the, in the products and programs and stuff we do, um, not only are they about music, they're, they're about all of it, but we, we bring in experts and stuff and um, we've got a lot of experience in our team, so we wrap it all into into the one thing, into the one program, and any students who come onto the programs get get the benefit of it all, you know. Right, gotcha, gotcha. So it's a more holistic kind of program. 
Well, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I think when we're going into schools and colleges and all of that, um, the more wraparound programme kind of that involves a lot of different things uh, works well and it works better there. But if it's a, just a more music focused group, then we won't do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It just depends. It depends on what we feel at the time um, is applicable to the to the, the young people, really, or the or the people anywhere, really. Yeah, no, for sure. I want to get an answer from both of you for this. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you've faced so far? Um, uh, it can either be as an artist or, or doing escapade. Uh, well, I'll, I'll answer first. Um, I'd say uh, one of the biggest challenges going, you know, going at it in terms of the business thing. Now, uh, bearing in mind as well, I've uh, been friends with Stephen longer than uh, Escapade's been set up, so I've definitely seen a lot of the highs and lows that he's faced as an artist. Um, but, oh, I mean, it's, it is quite hard to pinpoint really just what the biggest chance. I mean, I guess it's... Um, uh, hmm... I mean, I think yeah. I, I, I'll just jump in. You probably stimulate a wee bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> there's so many problems. I, I mean, there's an awful lot. I think. Um, a, you, a can, huge, you can pick. You can pick more than one if you want. <laughs> just uh, is picking the right people and keeping them together. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of uh, business is trust. Yes. Yeah. And, and our challenge is finding those people. There's been times where you know, like throughout life, you know, you think you've you're onto a huge amazing relationship whether it's in business and then you know two weeks later it absolutely flips on its head and it's like totally not what you first made out so it's like that's a challenge within itself is keeping the right people together to go out there and do something that's that's a, a huge part uh for me i'd say i'd uh I'd chime in on the the music side of things um i think that people really love to kind of box in genres um definitely and you know, knowing knowing our team actually, and, and just really what our approach to music for us, it's just all about music. Whether it's dance, hip hop, anything, it doesn't really matter. We just we just love music, and mm. um, definitely being boxed in sometimes when you want to just create uh, is really is really the hardest thing because sometimes you're then maybe don't really know the direction of, you know, sometimes Stephen makes some stuff that's totally, you know, opposite from what he's known for. And then we're left in a position like, well, where do we send that? Can we, mm. can, do we have to do it under an alias? Do we, can't we just release this because we enjoy making good music and uh, maybe getting into those realms? I'd say in terms of the music industry game, people like to to really mm. put things in boxes. And that's a big challenge for us when we're in a situation, we just love making music. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a challenge for everybody, um, mm-hmm. because I I know I've encountered the same thing. You know, you make something that is completely different, but the audience may not like it. And I think there's an immense amount of pressure, especially in today's industry, uh, to conform. Whether starting a new alias is the answer, I'm not sure, because it's hard to manage two at once. It is. It's, it's very hard, you know. And, and Sam, we've we've probably really really went uh, and hit the the biggest challenge on the head with this one because it, it does commonly come up it comes up with the people we work with it comes up with us as artists um you know i'll finish a track sometimes and i literally won't know what to do with it and <laughs> but we're all loving it and we're all grooving away and, and maybe that's a, a nod to a future record label down the line because of that um challenge sometimes if there's a challenge there then you set a business up to to solve it 
Mm. And um, you know, for for us, it's like that is certainly a big one. Um, but thankfully, there is some cool labels out there that that we are working with, um, and that are accepting of you know um, different types of music as well. So you know, it's 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 like anything else. You know, you, you just got to try it and do your best and overcome it. But um, it definitely does come up quite a bit. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be a tough question. I asked this to my friend in the last episode and he had some trouble answering it, but what is something, and you can both chime in if you want, what is something that most people disagree with you on? <laughs> something that most people disagree with. Can be music, can be business related, anything. Hmm. It's an interesting one. I do like it. I do like the question, Sam. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, um, in in Scotland and the UK, people, the majority of people, still don't think that um, you know you can make a career out of this. Mm. Um, and it's like Stephen always says when we're doing talks and the seminars and stuff, um, you don't need to be Michael Jackson to be in the music industry. Mm, mm, of course. Um, and it's like, we come up against a lot of people that say, you know, get a real job. Um, and it's like, that's just a mentality thing. That's just, that is just society. Why, do you, why do you think that exists? That kind of mentality? I think creative people, musicians, uh, actors, you know, you get loads of different types of people in certain industries that, you know, it's like get a real job, you're not doing real work, you know. Is it because we actually enjoy the work? I don't know. I think that's part of it. I mean, for, you know, knowing uh, the backgrounds and stuff of what we've been doing, this is definitely like the realest job we've ever had, mm -hmm. um, especially me. And um, I think that it's just that part of it could also be self-doubt. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's envy that we're out there trying to do something. Now, the thing is that this is uh, this is not a joke. This is very, very hard. Yeah. Um, and there, it really is not always pretty. You know, and social media can sometimes maybe convey that, uh, and maybe misses out on some of the hard work that's going on in the background. And people maybe see a polished, finished article that you know they maybe don't know the story behind it. So. You know, it's quite hard to hear that as well when people say that because for us it is very real. As I say, we are putting in the hours. We're we're, we're working really hard. We we you know, me and Stephen are are in the studio or in the office till late hours, as Stephen said, mm. having discussions on the direction of our life, of our goals, of of the business, um, and it's it really is not easy. So I would say part of it could be, you know, self-doubt or maybe someone regretting not following their dreams. And, that, you know, we've all been there. We've all been there. But I think <clears throat> for us over the last year or so, we, we've certainly tried to eradicate any sort of feelings of jealousy or, or envy. And I think the more you, you're able to put out the kind of good feeling and seeing people being successful, it kind of comes back on you. So I think that's an important thing that Stephen says there. Um for everyone it's uh, you know you've really got to deep down want other people to do well and it's like it's almost bred into it's like a survival instinct instinct into a lot of people to to not want that mm -hmm. yeah and it's like yeah. A survival mechanism kicking in there but if you're able to totally switch that and uh become self-aware like, and become self-aware and, and like genuinely switch it though i mean that like genuinely you've got to genuinely care for others I think when you can do that, 
um, that's when things change. But you know, and that doesn't. To be fair, the the um, what do people disagree? You know, we we. I mean, even when that kind of happens now, <clears throat> we we try and spin it for a positive. But uh, you know, like at least at least they have an opinion on what it is we're doing. Mm. Uh, whether they disagree or not is good. It'd be worse if they weren't talking about us, and that's more. But it's it's so true, you know, so people are always going to disagree with you. You can't possibly have everybody accept what it is you're doing. Mm. And I mean, we, we certainly put it on the line all the time when we're putting out some funny videos and people may think that, like, you know, that's totally different as to what it is. But why, again, why should we be boxed in? We've got a team here of comedians and uh, social media people, musicians, and we're just into having a good time and, and you know, having a kind of positive environment and a, and a fun life, really. So whatever that may entail, it entails. And if people disagree, well, you know, we can't possibly please everyone. So mm. we don't really dwell on it much, but it's, a, it's definitely a good question. I definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. The whole... In fact, I think that's why some people don't take the leap because they are scared of the... The negative feedback or, or the comments or not being able to please everyone uh like a lot of people are afraid of that but terrified absolutely you know and as steven says you're always going to get people disagreeing but at least you're you know if you're not getting anyone disagreeing with you then you're not doing anything exciting mm. so that's a again it's we don't let it seep into too heavy people obviously are going to disagree they're going to disagree with it's going to be people disagreeing with people doing podcasts, people disagree yeah. with absolutely everything, you know, what the internet's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just full of disagreements and agreements. So it's, um, you know, it doesn't really affect us much, but interesting question. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you, you know, you said there's that survival mechanism of, of naturally envying other people. How do you think you switch that? You know, you said it's important to switch, but do you think there's, kind of a systematic way that you can work on that and change that as a person. Um, you look at the, the body, if you wanted to get like bigger arms or, a, you know, a six pack, then you would go to the gym and you would train it and mm. you would train your muscles um, in order to do that. So I don't think the brain's any different. I don't think sections and compartments of the brain are any different. Um, you know, you can train those emotions out of you by doing mm. certain things. Um and again, these things aren't really exactly made very clear when you're going through school. You know, proper mindset and stuff, I don't feel is, is really in school at all. But, no. um, you know, training your, your mind and training these things is, is very, very key. And, and a lot of that comes from, uh, you know, reading, yep. reading books, um, you know, listening what, to podcasts. What books? Because like, I always uh, ask, sorry to interrupt, I always ask uh, guests this question. Do you have any books that you'd recommend? For this type of stuff, I've got um, I've got many, I've got many, <laughs> many, many. But, <laughs> let's um, let's aim for three then. Okay, so um, introduction to mindset and general vibes to get your mind right before you even launch yourself into a craft of any kind. I'd say, um, how to win friends and influence people. Fantastic Dale book. Carnegie. Yeah, that's a great Carnegie. book. Carnegie. <laughs> <laughs> Dale knows, Carnegie. I know, as well. I know every time. But, <laughs> um, another one. Um, let me think. Let me think. Think and Grow Rich. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Napoleon Hill is uh, fantastic for the mindset. 
Um, and another one I've been reading um, recently. Uh, oh, it's a hard one. I'll give you da- Daniel Priestley. Um, the Entrepreneur Revolution is very good as well. That's like that's a business that one. one. Um, we've got loads. I mean, the Gary Vaynerchuk ones are, are fantastic. The recent yeah, ones as well. Yeah. Uh, I just got John Kavanagh. Uh, win or learn that's the book about Conor McGregor oh yep yep so he's a very inspirational character uh, for us you know we absolutely love the guy and um, having like um, mentors and heroes and stuff like that you know like you know whether you meet them or whether you don't it's great for mindset and it's great for you know instilling a, a healthier mindset as well so um, you know there's there's a couple if you get any oh, I'd, I'd, I'd actually chime in and say uh, one of the, the, the biggest things that you can possibly do to get yourself out of the mindset of, uh, you know, maybe being negative or jealous or anything like that is surrounding yourself with the people that don't ever seem to say things that are negative or are envious. And surrounding yourself with the right positive people is like, you know, one of the biggest things because it pushes you further. It pushes you to be a nicer person. Um, so that's a huge thing. In terms of books... There is, uh, there, there is so many. Anything but Robert Green uh, yeah, would, have yeah. to, would have to be there. Um, also, any of these sort of modern marketing books and stuff. I think um, there's a lot to learn in that. Um, but right now, you know, there's like 400 books down the stairs or something like that. Um, so I can't but just see, to be honest, it's like once you um, break the seal on these books, you just naturally find the other ones. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the first knowledge grows and you just start. And Amazon is, I mean, you look at Amazon, Netflix, Spotify, all these massive platforms now consistently recommend you things that you're already into so it does a lot of the legwork for you um so yeah just as i think as steven said just go in those books and go and lose yourself i agree in fact the last book i read i think i got a 15 extra book recommendations out of it so it happens and it grows and your list grows exponentially and you'll never be able to finish it but um the basket grows and grows (laughs) That's it. It's like trying to finish them all, but it is good. It's good being surrounded in the different books, you know, because you might, you know, find yourself in a situation where you meet, need a particular book for, a, you know, a certain thing. So it's it's good having loads around. I think. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I see them as like mentors in a way, indirect yeah, mentors. I think uh, life's little instruction book is a great one. Um. Uh, and it's like a, I can't I can't remember the author, but that that there is just like l- like over seven hundred uh, golden nuggets really of uh, information. It's just small snippets of things that you should do. Uh, that really it's really really easy to read, and there's just some amazing insights uh, and just you know quotes to basically get you through. So anything anything inspirational motivational and to do with business or money or that is is usually quite good and it usually helps you to try and discover yourself as a person actually yeah and it comes back to training sam as we we're saying there it's like um to to get a better mindset to push through all of these um barriers that we all face you and me and steven everyone listening we all face these issues so you've just got to take that leap and and you know and and read that first page absolutely Right, guys, I've got one more question. Uh, there, are, there are quite a few younger people who listen to this podcast. 
if you could share three key pieces of advice with them, what would they be? Um, okay, so first one, you know, you've got to enjoy things. You've got to put your passion first. You've got to um, listen to your inner self. That's key. Um, although it's not as easy as it sounds, it's very, very complex. Actually, it goes quite deep, especially for young people. So, I hope I can help out when I say that. You know, um, reach inside yourself, go inwards before you go outwards. You know, and and speak to people who you think are being genuine to you, and um, you know, and stick stick to the stick to what you feel in your gut. Because if you don't, then bad things will happen, um, and we all experience that when you go against what you you feel is uh, is right. So I'd say stick to stick to what the the voice inside saying. I'd say it was what would be a big one. The one from me would be is uh, again go and look at someone that's got something that you want. If you figure it out, what it is your passion is, go and offer some uh, voluntary work. Go and you know do anything. Beat down their door until they they can't ignore you. And, uh, you know, just don't be afraid to ask or, or, or make a mistake. So, you know, just certainly look at people that are doing what you want and go and ask them for some help. How did you do it? How can I do it? Nine times out of ten, they probably will respond quite positively and try and help you. But if you don't ask the question, you're, you're not really going to know. And again, with the books out there, everything you need to know is in a book. So mm. it's actually about applying that knowledge and, and, and going chasing someone that's got what you want. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. Say, I think that was three pieces. I'd say one more, Sam, if you Right, if you yeah, want. yeah, go ahead. Be, um, you know, don't listen to, to other people if they're, you know, they're trying to send you off course. Um, that's a big one, you know. People are always going to try and say, don't, t- don't take risks. Mm-hmm. Don't take risks. Don't take the risk. Play it safe. I hate, I hate that term, play it safe. <laughs> you know, it's like, go out there, take the risk. Um, if you fall over then you get back up and that's essentially it so taking risks is, is a huge thing that, that everyone should be doing I've always liked the uh, the phrase that risky is the new safe because if you're going to take the traditional path and for some people that means doing a corporate job that they don't like I mean that's pretty risky you know because yeah. you end up not enjoying life so yeah that's a, a very very good way of putting it there Sam excellent Awesome, guys. Well, thanks heaps for coming on. If people want to find out more about you and, and what you're doing, where can they go? Okay, so you can head to escapadestudios.com. That's S-K-A-P-A-D-E. Um, we're also on Facebook, Escapade Studios. Um, and we've got Escapade Education um, and Escapade TV. They're all on Facebook and on YouTube as well. So um, you can follow me, Stephen Kirkwood, on every platform. Um, SoundCloud, Facebook, on the website and stuff. So I'm there, and, and Stephen Galoni's also on Facebook. So you can't you can't miss him. <laughs>